Welcome to the Mother Earth News and Friends podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, HipCamp. HipCamp connects private landowners with people looking for new and unique places to stay, camp, and get outside. Whether you have two acres or 2,000 acres, a flat spot where someone can pitch a tent or an A-frame cabin, HipCamp wants to work with you. By creating opportunities for landowners to earn money hosting nature lovers, HipCamp works to support those who care for the land and get more people out under the stars. Partner with HipCamp today to start earning money for your dream projects, land taxes, and day-to-day expenses by going to www.hipcamp.com start. It's free to list, and HipCamp has a team to help you get set up and ready to host. Hello, friends. I'm Jessica Mitchell, one of the podcast editors for Mother Earth News and Friends. In this episode, I sit down for a chat with Dylan Wook, co-founder of the cabin design company, Bivy. In their own words, Bivy's ethos is preserving immersive outdoor experiences for people and the many future generations to come. To do this, they create simple, well-designed, lower cost, and sustainable cabins for today's outdoor enthusiasts. Dylan was gracious enough to talk with me and go deeper into Bivy's origin, mission, growth, and construction and design details for their A-frame cabin. This is Mother Earth News. So we can start off with just introductions if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners about who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Dylan Wook. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I'm a lifelong Oregonian. I was actually born in Eugene, Oregon, and had the good fortune of spending a little time growing up in the logging town of Roseburg, but then uh, spending my formative years in uh, Bend, Oregon. So I think the word's out on Bend nationally in terms of it being a pretty space. So it was a it was a great place to sort of form um, a sense of who I was as a as a young human growing up. And I learned about I spent my days running around on BLM lands and digging in the dirt, you know, just generally exploring. And my dad is a contractor. I think that kind of planted the early seeds in terms of how I started to form those early explorations of mm-hmm. um, starting to look at art and design and uh, building. And building off of that, I uh, enrolled at the University of Oregon School of Architecture, now the School of Design. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of kicked off my professional career and sort of brought all of those early thoughts of trying to understand the world, the landscape, art, design, you know, into this like very, um, as college and university does, it gives you a professional lens to to go about the world with. (laughs) So from there, I'm assuming then is where those first seeds were planted in your mind about starting a company like you have now of Vivi. Um, so I'm yeah. curious how the, that idea came about. Yeah, so um, my co-founder, Alex Laya, and I, we were friends. We actually met at University of Oregon, best friends uh, since. And we um, backpacked together. We've, uh, you know, shared countless tents together out of mm-hmm. our, our meager budgets and <laughs> need to conserve our, our money for, for food and general wanderers and he's also an architect as well by trade so we'd spent so many years not only as designers but as outdoor adventurers together Mm -hmm. uh 
And about a year and a half ago, Alex had actually, Alex is, he just wrapped up attending the University of British Columbia where he got a, an MBA. And, you know, he was in the throes of the program. I was at a job that was, you know, it was, it was a job, but I wasn't exactly <laughs> enthused about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had been kicking around this, this idea of, at the time, what we called Project Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of this code. Uh, we started like a little, you know, like a little Google Doc and started dropping ideas in there. But ultimately, the, the kind of kernel of our, our idea was, how can we like bring a group of folks together? At the time, it was kind of like centered on our friend group terms of uh, scope of who we were thinking about but how can we engage with the land in this like very communal inclusive way yeah Uh, there's some great examples out there of sort of artist collectives and community-based nonprofits. we're both heavily inspired by the blue sky center in uh kiyama california you know artist collectives and communities like marfa texas we quickly realized you know, we had these kind of grand aspirations and these, these thoughts and we're like, yeah, that'd be great. Let's, let's go buy some land and uh, let's make this happen. And we quickly realized the limitations of <laughs> assuming we could just buy land anywhere mm-hmm. and, and then the limitations of financially making that happen. So that was kind of the, the original seed of that eventually became Bivy Camp, which is our cabin, our, our small A-frame portable cabin business. I guess the, to make the jump from that original idea that was Project Land to what is now Bivy Camp was we're fabricators. We have experience. I have pretty extensive experience as a fabricator mm-hmm. in terms of uh, wood shop experience, um, design builds, Alex as well. And then, you know, we have an architectural knowledge that we can kind of pull from. So we were like, okay, what, what is the catalyst, you know, that, that could bring people to that land, mm-hmm. this, you know, imaginary landscape that we had dreamt up. We settled on creating a little mobile uh, A-frame cabin mm-hmm. um, to kind of use that cabin as that catalyst. So we were inspired again to, to reference uh, an inspiration, uh, the rolling, <clears throat> excuse me, the rolling huts by Olsen Kundig, architect mm-hmm. in Washington state, these monolithic rolling structures that are Mad Max-esque, but really, really interesting structures. And we figured, okay, we can pull together however much money this is gonna take and uh, build this cabin to at least concentrate that idea into sort of a physical object so that we can then communicate that original ethos to to folks. So what was it like building that first A-frame? Was there a lot of starts and stops to the process or did it feel pretty fluid as the vision became clear in your head? Yeah, the process was as all things like this go. It was, like I said, we t- it was a total bootstrap operation. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we actually, uh, we built the cabin in our driveway here in Oh, Portland. wow. Yeah, so the, fir- the first one was built. We, we went to uh, Troutdale, Oregon, where we get our trailers that the cabins sit on for portability and bought the trailer, drove it back. We had the trailer sitting in our driveway and we literally just kind of brought materials in and spent about, we actually 
got the bulk of it built in about 10 days. Wow. Uh, it was a quick, <laughs> it was a quick process. You know, um, Alex had a, a slight window where you know, a couple weeks where he could uh, come up here and help me build the, the cabin. So uh, we really hustled on it. And it was the heat of summer, those long, awesome, hot days of just building a, building a fort with your, with your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So how did you start to see Bivy grow from there after you built that first one? Yeah, so... Um, I also want to definitely shout out all the help, just the support that everyone gave us, you know, my wife allowing us to use our driveway Uh, (laughs) and um, friends who came by and offered their unsolicited opinions, but also their, their hands to help us install stuff. Yeah. Once we had built the cabin, um, actually ended up going on a bachelor party for one of my lifelong friends um, by the same name, Dylan Caldwell, who's a professional cyclist, lives in Arizona. Uh, one of the fellow bachelors was talking to me, and th- this is about a couple weeks after we had finished the cabin, and one of the fellow bachelors was like, yeah, my, my sister uh, is starting this wedding venue on our parents' property, and you know, she's trying to source really well-designed, small A-frame type cabins. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, Really? <laughs> I, <laughs> this is insane, but as I speak, there is an, an A-frame sitting in our driveway in Portland, not yeah. 45 minutes away from the venue. Wow. Um, so we got connected to the venue, and which is called Five Oaks Farm, and Kelsey Sampson, who is the events coordinator out there. We really, we really owe her a massive debt of gratitude because she really, like, got us, she's an extremely well-connected person in the community here amongst uh, Portland chefs, uh, wineries, general, you know, folks who are engaged in the wedding industry. So when we, we ended up bringing our cabin out to the Five Oaks Farm and, and that's where it sits today, we've been working with Kelsey to kind of grow the, the presence of Bivy at Five Oaks and, and she's helping us get Bivy out there and in front of folks. So that's, that really, really was kind of the catalyst that, that has got us to where we are today. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just the, I'm not even sure what you would call it, but just how it just all aligned for you guys in that moment. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely uh, kismet in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. From the original first A-frame that you made, to the ones that you may be making now, has there been much change in design from the first one as you're currently building some? Yeah, yeah. So we have, we currently have two uh, that are going through initial design Mm -hmm. and uh, fabrication with our partner fabricator, uh, Mods PDX. Just wanna Mm -hmm. give them a shout out as well. Very little has actually changed. The first one we built was, you know, just kind of based off of our architectural knowledge mm-hmm. of structure and enclosure and material specking. So we had a good guess at how things should go together. We've since brought on a licensed engineer to engineer all of the connections and mm-hmm. bring everything up to code standards so that mm-hmm. when these things are, are getting towed down the road, we know they're safe and secure and 
you know, wherever their final spot is, we know like they're going to be able to handle a, a snowstorm or a windstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, li- very little has changed other than maybe kind of what's underneath the exterior, the kind of finer details that we've had to really, you know, we were, we were kind of out looking at it at the, the macro and now we're, we've really delved into the micro. Um, nice. Yeah. Great. As we're kind of transitioning now into more of the, the construction and design of, of these Bivy cabins, mm-hmm. and I know you had touched on this briefly earlier, but right now, like, how would you describe kind of the mission statement of Bivy right now? Yeah, so, you know, kind of going back to what Project, <clears throat> Project Land was all about was inclusivity. I don't think it's, it's, it's definitely not a coincidence. You know, we also went through a national period of reckoning in terms of social justice and mm-hmm. racial justice, and that the outdoor industry can be inaccessible to minorities. So in keeping with that, our original idea was that we really wanted to bring folks from all walks of life into a camping outdoor experience. Um, mm-hmm. That's really at the core of our mission statement. I think our mission statement is all about people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're creating a, an outdoor experience for people. You know, we're creating one of the most like simplest of human needs, a shelter. So mm-hmm. it's this thing that ultimately should bring joy and mm-hmm. um, happiness and experience and, and wonder to folks. And we don't want to separate people from, you know, like no offense to RVs, but <laughs> I think that, you know, they can kind of insulate you from your surroundings. So we really want to focus outward on the landscape, mm-hmm. on the elements, on those formative experiences that, you know, Alex and I had the, that, I, that we had growing up and continue to have and kind of share that with, with everyone. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's jump into a little bit more on the construction design. And I think, and we've already talked about this a little bit, you know, there's that huge focus on making sure that these bivy cabins, you know, when they're being constructed and then wherever they go, that their existence limits the impact on the environment. Um, So I want to hear a little bit more of specifically maybe what what went into the design of these cabins as you were thinking about um, trying to lessen the impact on the surroundings wherever these cabins go. So really, you know, how how did that really start to seep into your design and conception of these cabins? That's a fantastic question and that is another core tenet of Bivian that really starts with, you know, the materials that Mm -hmm. we start, you know, kind of the raw, the raw materials that eventually get made into the, into the cabin. And so that means specking FSC certified wood, Mm -hmm. um, using robust materials. Uh, We use uh, metal roofing, metal, metal fascia. If you uh, see the, the design of the cabinet can have this distinctive band that Mm-hmm. It goes around each face and taking those materials that we know are robust and simplified and then using really smart architectural detailing to bring those together so our our siding is features a rain screen wall so a, and it's a tongue and groove cedar rain screen wall and our whole enclosure is fully insulated to mm-hmm. reduce heat loss and actually to to really reduce heating needs as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you're in negative 20, 
uh, degree <laughs> weather, it's, you're, you might have to turn on a little, a little space heater in there, but we've designed these to really conserve energy and mm -hmm. almost act as this sleeping bag, for lack of a better term. And in keeping with, with those really smart connections, those smart architectural details, we really think longevity is, is one of the best determiners of sustainability. So mm -hmm. the construction methods we use and the factory that we partner with, Mods PDX, really strives to create as little waste as possible. Yeah. And to really, the construction industry generates so much waste. If you mm -hmm. go check out a, a job site, it's quite a bummer to see all that the scrap and offcuts that are just waiting to be thrown in the landfill. Mm -hmm. So you know, we, we've really tried to utilize just standardized dimensions of, of lumber and sheet goods to not totally eliminate all waste, but to get mm -hmm. as close as we possibly can. Yeah. And Mods PDX, our factory, they've been in, in the modular home building game for, you know, so long that, that they've really developed a great proprietary method to, mm -hmm. to efficiently construct and build buildings. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's kind of at the heart of how we make these sustainable. And then, and then kind of on the longevity front, Yvonne Chouinard, the CEO of Patagonia, talks about the 100-year company. Mm -hmm. And I actually just spoke to a gentleman out in uh, New Hampshire who was interested in some cabins and his grandfather back in 1920 built some cabins on their property wow. that still exist. They're wow. 100, 100 year old cabins. That is a challenge. That is a, something we've adopted as well is can these cabins be there for the next generation and the next and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth and be these 100 year cabins I think that those are all kind of at the core of how we go about being sustainable and, and thinking about long-term health of the planet. Whatever the acreage and setup on your land, HipCamp wants to work with you so that you can connect with and host people who are looking for new and unique places to stay and experience. Partner with HipCamp to start earning money for your dream projects, land taxes, and day-to-day -day expenses at www.hipcamp.com start. It's free to list, and HipCamp has a team to help you get set up and ready to host. So with inside each, each Vivi cabin, because I, I remember looking on your site and seeing things that come with each cabin, and then there are things that a client can add on depending on what they want to yeah. really the, the purpose or, you know, how they want to, to use the cabin. So uh, would you be able to describe kind of what typical cabin would come with? Uh, and then also maybe some of the additional things that a person could include with their cabin? Yeah. So um each, uh, anytime you, anyone orders one of our cabins, um, it includes uh, the full enclosure, which is fully insulated. We, um, we insulate with a bat insulation in the wall cavities and then our wall slash roof cavities. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little tricky with an A-frame. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then likewise in the, in the door wall and then underneath the window, that whole cavity is insulated. And, mm -hmm. and then on the roof, we have a full water uh, resistant membrane that allows moisture to escape, mm -hmm. uh, but doesn't allow moisture to intrude on the structure. And that's a peel and stick uh, product that's really, really awesome and, and is a high premium product. So that, that water, water resistant membrane 
wraps the entirety of the structure, mm -hmm. uh, except for the roof where we have a high heat membrane. Okay. Uh, that's a, the same product, but it just because the heat, the roof generates a lot of sun exposure, uh, especially because it's a black metal, mm -hmm. we spec accordingly uh, a water-resistant barrier that functions and is cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on top of that, we have a secondary level of insulation, a rigid foam insulation, and then a sort of stood off roof structure that allows water, should any water get in past the metal to shed down naturally mm -hmm. and not come into the structure. Flipping into the inside, cabins all come with a, a locking uh, custom door mm -hmm. with a little porthole window that kind of references retro futurism a little bit yeah, uh, yeah, yeah i think that's a little bit of our you know the curved edges of mm -hmm. a little bit of a nod to you know not not being so like stark and uh, sharp mm -hmm. as some a-frames are but just being a little like fun and playful and then client has the uh, option to spec a marine grade plywood on the interior or a pine tongue and groove most folks have gone with the pine tongue and groove just has that real nice like nostalgic cabin vibe yeah. to it. Uh, you can see the knots and it smells really nice. And mm -hmm. we actually finished that with a product called Osmo, which is a really, it's a German wax-based finish that is extremely non-toxic once it's set and cured. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of the showstopper element is our signature window we get from a company called Sierra Pacific and that's a double pane triangular window totally custom that has a low E coating so it helps retain heat you get a lot of energy loss from windows and this window is roughly like six feet six and a half feet wide by six and a half feet tall so it's it's a big window yeah and then that has an FSC wood pine interior and then an aluminum exterior for to stand up to the elements. Below that window, we have a vent that pops open. So if you get hot in the night or if you just want some natural ventilation, you can pop that open. And then above the door, there's a secondary vent so you can get some cross flow through the space. That's awesome. And then, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then the, the customer has the option beyond sort of the standard enclosure and interior elements to spec uh, either an on-grid electrical system mm -hmm. or uh, off-grid. Yeah, the, the off-grids, they both, they both power our cove light, which is actually an efficient LED tape light that is around the triangular window. So okay. when you turn that on at night, the whole triangular window glows. Oh, um, wow. Like this really sci-fi, really, really cool, you know, look. And when you look at it from a distance, like when you're outside the cabin, you look back, you see this like beautiful triangular window just kind of glowing in the distance. Oh. Both electrical systems power that. And then there's also two outlets with two USB ports. Solar includes the panel, battery inverter, and a charge controller. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right now, still kind of in R&D, but we're also looking at interior furniture elements. Um, oh, so nice. a bed and a desk as well. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. see most customers, do they typically lean one side or the other when it comes to on or off grid uh, electrical? It seems to be pretty 50-50 right mm -hmm. now. Um, okay. Give you two examples. One cabin, which is going to South Dakota, while we haven't actually seen the site that the customer has, it's more, from what he's described, it's a bit more 
you know, off grid, he uh, sounds like there isn't much infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, the second cabin is kind of a semi rural site. So they're about 30 minutes south of Portland. So they're, they're, they've specced on grid power. Um, oh, okay. But they have the infrastructure. So yeah, it's kind of 50 50 and it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. It's also dependent on the location they want, whether or not they're going to be able to get, you know, adequate sunlight to mm -hmm. power off grid systems. So gotcha. Um, and I also yeah. remember seeing as well that there were illustrations on your site of cabins both being transportable and then ones that actually kind of sit on a kind of like a foundation of sorts. So is it kind of a mix when it comes to what people want to do if they want it to be more of a permanent structure or one that they take to different places? So one of the biggest impediments um, I'm sure to anyone out there who's looked at tiny homes or mm -hmm. looked at you know small modular cabins or accessory units is permitting mm. it's kind of the, the elephant in the room always yeah what we've done with uh, the trailer is we've sought to address that whole permitting issue and basically it varies I will say just as a disclaimer you know mm -hmm local jurisdictions always vary and it's impossible to know right um, <laughs> exactly you know what what's required of uh, whether or not you're in portland maine or portland oregon so mm -hmm. we really developed a trailer to not only be able to um you know quickly deliver these to folks uh because they're not going on a permanent foundation mm -hmm. um a lot of the time our cabins will be seen as just a recreational vehicle so okay um, so you won't need to to go through the usual permitting process and which means rather than a process of, of months or a year of headaches and uh, red tape you know we can deliver a cabin that's ready to roll mm -hmm. on to you on your property you know it's completely legal and ready to use out of the box there is the option to put it on a permanent foundation but yeah kind of like a, it's a little more of a rigorous process mm -hmm. and it just requires a bit more permitting and just checking with your, your local jurisdiction. Definitely. Another question that I had, and maybe this is more going back to the construction process when um, you and your co-founder were constructing that first one. Um, mm -hmm. I think especially there can be, you know, not necessarily always when it comes to products that are more sustainable, but sometimes people have that worry of, okay, you know, you know, is this product going to be more expensive for me. You know, we, we always look at that classic example of organic versus non-organic food or something like that when it comes to prices. And that's really simplifying things. Um, but was there any sort of challenge in your minds when you were constructing when it came to, okay, how, how low impact can we make this to really mm -hmm. um, make this a structure that is not going to create a lot of impact on the environment versus, you know, is this going to complicate affordability for customers or was it even a struggle at all? No, that that's a fantastic question. Probably wrongly so. It's it's that that argument of having to pay more for an organic item mm -hmm. when in fact you're not paying more necessarily. There's just more work that goes into mm -hmm. that process and it you know it's not definitely not my wheelhouse even though I eat organic food it's not a trade-off so much is it's it's an investment I think because we've we've kind of created a really efficient and uh, an almost paired back structure 
that we didn't have to compromise necessarily. Mm -hmm. In fact, from some of the research we did for some of our competitors that are not only here stateside, but also abroad, were priced pretty competitively, if mm -hmm. not below most of our, our competitors. We did a lot of due diligence and research mm -hmm. and really pulled a lot of our architectural knowledge into Bivy. So it's really this concentrate of, you know, those, those smart and sensible processes um, mm -hmm. that we put a lot of knowledge behind. And mm -hmm. so you could make the argument that you could go out and buy, you know, like an RV built by Fleetwood or, you know, for maybe the same price and you get, you know, a plasma screen TV mm -hmm. and you get plumbing, but, you know, I think there's uh, a higher environmental cost that comes with that. So I think in keeping with kind of our mission statement and our, our goals and values, this is a premium product, but we're, we've really tried to make it as competitively priced for folks as possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Thank you. I know that was kind of a trickier question. <laughs> yeah, I, no. didn't, I didn't mean to, to put you in a corner about anything. Um, I just think that that's a it, especially with our readers and everything, I know that that whole idea of, you know, the investment, the long-term investment in a quality product is important to people. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you for explaining that out from, from your company's philosophy. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm also curious to hear as well, you know, as you've been constructing these cabins and people have been going off to use it, uh, have you heard any fun stories or, or accounts of people as they've kind of gotten into their cabin or any, you know, customer stories that stood out to you? Um, <laughs> so probably so far the most fun and I was actually kind of a part of it, but we, we were able to do a couple of photo shoots out at the Five Oaks farm with our, mm -hmm. our prototype cabin. That's probably been the coolest experience that I've sort of got to witness of mm -hmm. other folks using the cabin so far. We've also, we've had people come out and uh, stay in the cabin to sort of offer uh, feedback so that, you know, mm -hmm. we can know like how it works and, and make changes accordingly. But really seeing the joy of like people using it, being like blown away. And I, and again, I owe Kelsey Sampson a lot of the credit here mm -hmm. because she's the one who kind of brought all these folks together. But like we had a, some people who came out to participate in the photo shoot from uh, a wine company called Suzor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a husband wife and they make amazing, beautiful wines. And I never would have got to meet them if, yeah. if I hadn't, you know, if Alex and I hadn't built this, this uh, A-frame cabin. So it's kind of starting to do the thing that we originally set out to do. It's, mm -hmm. it's bringing these people together and these communities. And so that, that's been the coolest thing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting like, a little emotional even talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it's, you know, there's that payoff at the end after investing so much time and energy into the vision of the company and how some of that payoff comes later, like you were saying, with those stories and those experiences that you get to meet, yeah. uh, where you get to meet people. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so looking forward, especially now this being January of a new year. What are some hope or maybe some vision that you have for, for Bivy in this coming year? I think we're anticipating a lot of growth. One of our, our goals is growing sustainably, you know, carrying the sustainable thread all through our, our company structure. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually, you know, we'd like to get to that project land dream. You know, ultimately, I, I think 
we're hoping to, you know, start talking to, to folks who are wanting to start up their own uh, little campgrounds. Yeah. And we're, we're right now we're talking, we have a couple kind of bigger projects that are not so much geared towards the individual user, but we're working with a brewery in the Columbia Gorge mm-hmm. and they're, they're building a campground. I think they're, they're crowdfunding it. And I, I think they're pretty close to, to getting the funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of our, that's kind of our long-term goal, kind of our looking into 2021, this, this new year, sort of creating these little Bibby communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, and then I, I think because we are figuring things out, I think just making sure we're having fun and, you know, we started this company to, ultimately provide a, a product to people, but we also want to have fun and, and enjoy and see the fruits of our labor. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, those were all of the questions that I had. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add? You know, I, those were all fantastic questions. <laughs> and I, 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 this is, this is the longest I've got gotten to speak about Bivy. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I don't really have much more to add other than I'm, uh, I know Alex feels the same and maybe I could speak for him and speak for Bibby as a company, but we, you know, we've kind of taken Earth to a, a point where she's not very happy with us. Mm. And we really want to be part of a new generation of companies that are working to heal the Earth. I know it's a bit of an oxymoron because we're taking resources and creating uh, kind of human uh, structures. But I think you also have to have joy in life and we need structures, we need shelter. We want to be a company that listens to people, listens to the earth and structure ourselves moving forward the best way possible to to make sure that um, we can continue to pass this land on to future generations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for your time and just yeah. telling us your story and about Bivy. Um, I think our listeners are going to be really excited to hear about this. Oh, right on. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate your time and everything you guys do at Mother Earth News. And uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us today for our interview with Bivy. Once again, I'm Jessica Mitchell. Our podcast production team includes myself and Carla Tillman. This episode's music was Architects by Three Chain Links. The Mother Earth News and Friends podcast is a production of Ogden Publications. We'd love to hear what you think of our Mother Earth News and Friends show, so feel free to leave a review, and if you like what you hear, go ahead and follow our show so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again to HipCamp, our sponsor for this episode. HipCamp creates opportunities for private landowners to earn money by hosting people on their property who want new and unique outdoor experiences. And no matter your acreage or setup, HipCamp wants to work with you. Through the connection they help create between landowners and nature lovers, HipCamp works to support those who care for the land and get more people out under the stars. Visit www.hipcamp.com start to partner with HipCamp and begin earning money for your dream projects, land taxes, and day-to-day expenses. It's free to list, and you'll have a HipCamp team that'll help you set up and be ready to host. Until next time, don't forget to love your mother.